Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 768 of the Juicebox podcast. This week, the Dexcom G7 launched in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Austria, and Hong Kong. If you're not lucky enough to live in one of those places, you're still waiting for the Dexcom G7. If you don't live in one of those areas, I thought perhaps you were having a little FOMO, a little fear of missing out, or even a void. Maybe there's a dark black void inside of you where you want to put the excitement of Dexcom G7, but it just hasn't arrived at your door yet. Well, never fear. Today, Alex Diener is here. Senior Director of Global Product Design at Dexcom. And Alex and I are going to have a lovely conversation about what it was like to redesign the product and the user interface. It's not quite Dexcom G7 in your hot little hands, but Alex is pretty terrific. So maybe he'll be able to fill that dark hole with a little bit of excitement. Just enough to hold you over until the big event. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast doesn't have any ads. It's an extra episode. It's just an idea I had a couple of days ago. I thought, oh, I could have Alex on, talk about G7 design, you know, the UI, all that stuff. Uh, it would be nice, a little extra something for you at the end of the week. I was lucky enough to be able to set this up quickly and record the episode, and here it is for you now. I will remind you that the podcast is supported by advertisers, and when you click on those advertisers' links, well, that's how you get this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't make this podcast for free. What do you think? You think I don't have bills? I do. I have bills, like an electric bill, and, uh, you know, I got to pay, like, for the, uh, the kids. They go to college. People eat. There's a lot of stuff around here. So if you're in the market for the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash, the Dexcom G6, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, Gvoke HypoPen, the InPen from Medtronic Diabetes, or if you'd like to learn more about Touch by Type 1, and even, in fact, get your diabetes supplies from US Med, you can do that with links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in right now, or the links that are available at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on the links or type them in a browser, you're supporting the show. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Inpentoday.com. Touchbytype1.org. And usmed.com forward slash juicebox. That's it. That's all I got to do. Now, the rest of it is free of me telling you about the advertisers. It's over now. This part's over. I appreciate you listening to it. Let's talk to Alex. Hey there. My name is Alex Diener. I'm the Senior Director of Global Product Design at Dexcom and have been here about four and a half years and just thrilled to be part of this team, thrilled to be on this mission to make uh, living with diabetes a little bit easier. So, Alex, you know, you're here because... We've got to feed the beast, right? You guys have, <laughs> you guys have announced Dexcom G7 in Europe and a number of countries, 
And right away, people are like, what about here? And I was like, oh, you don't like it, do you? So Canadians are thrilled, by the way, to, to, to watch America not get something right away because they're like, now you know how it feels. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I just thought, what a great opportunity, because I, I have to admit, I thought we'd be hearing about G7 any time now. But I like that there's this gap here to have these conversations that we don't normally get to have because you guys aren't always available to talk to. So you're available right now. And I'd like to understand how you take a product, a device, an app, and change it completely without it changing, but make it better. Because I assume that's the goal, right? Like, keep what people love, make it better, make it smaller, make it faster. But I don't understand how that happens. Does it just begin in a meeting or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... I think uh, it's it's also being in a state of like constantly dreaming big, right? Like, and everyone is kind of like putting their their notes uh, down on paper and and sharing them uh, with each other. But um, you know, I think at the root of it, it's it's about listening to people, mm-hmm. about listening to our customers, um, and just really centering the technology on the needs of people, of everyday people and hearing their stories and figuring out how can we tailor the technology to fit seamlessly in their life. You know, there's a lot of companies, a lot of companies that are developing technology left and right, consumer technology, medical technology, but there needs to be like a real empathy and and focus on, you know, hey, are, are we addressing the real needs? And you only discover those real needs by spending time, spending time talking to people. I find, especially, well, listen, I, I'm more focused on diabetes, but I've seen so many apps, for example, you know, people are like, well, oh, we have a great idea to help people with diabetes and they get funding and it's sometimes stunning how much money people throw into it. And then the app comes and I think this is valueless. Like it does, don't you understand what people with diabetes want? They want things to work. And they don't want to put as much effort into it. They're not looking to be involved constantly. You know what I mean? They're looking to they're looking for it to do what it needs to do. And when they need to be in, involved with it, it needs to be fluid and work well and look right. And when they don't need to be looking at it, they don't want to be looking at it. And and people keep trying to drag. I don't know. Like I I don't want to. I don't want my daughter to have to write down what she ate at three o'clock. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like I, I want I want an algorithm that sees a little jump up and pushes it back down again. And then that moment's gone and we don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, I want East. I wonder how hard it is for you when you're working on things and you have drawings and ideas and designs, you know, that this is going to be in the next version of this. And you hear people online say, you know what we really want? We want this. And you're probably, do you think like, Oh, we're doing that, but I can't tell you. (laughs) Have you ever had that thought? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we have, uh, you know, a lot of different things that we're, we're pursuing and, you know, uh, medical devices take time yeah. uh, to build really high quality, robust user center products takes time. So, and, um, yeah. So, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so the G7 app that we're going to be seeing soon, is it, um, I guess go back and tell me, when did you start working on it? How far back was it? being worked on uh you know it's been uh it's been a number of years you know i've been at uh dexcom for for four four years and it, you know it, it's been in work uh, you know ever since then and and beyond um and you know i think there is there is kind of a layering 
of generations, you know, where work from one blends into the next um, ideas and and um, thoughts and aspirations um, kind of flow into the continuity of, of building one platform to the next. But, you know, you, you, you asked about, um, you know, how does how does that happen? How does that become real? And, you know, I think I think part of it is us, you know, as a as a team kind of you know, setting an ambitious target. Like what, what do we want to deliver? What have we heard from people? What, what do they want? You know, they want, they want clear, simple, robust, intuitive products, right? Okay. And then how do we break that down into constituent parts of the experience, right? Like, ah, you know, how can onboarding be better? How could the wear experience be better? Um, and looking for, for ideas in each, each and every one of those, uh, vectors. And, you know, I want to make this super, super clear. Design is a team sport. Product development is a team sport and it takes a tremendous amount of people to make it work, um, and to make really compelling, amazing products. And I'm talking about, you know, research research and product management, engineering, program management, advanced tech, you know, operations, uh, you know, even the feedback from the sales team, you know, all, all, all of these different groups bring their ideas and their creative energy to bear on, on the product development process. And, you know, the, the hardest part is deciding is curating, curating all those ideas, you know, like, ah, oh, what are we going to start on first? And what is, what is the highest impact mm-hmm. to our customers, right? Um, and then from there, building, you know, building some prototypes, whether that be a worn thing, whether that be a, a, a digital experience, let's build some prototypes. Let's get them out there. Let's put them in front of people. Let's let's hear what they have to say. And then, you know, adjust the prototype and repeat, build, build, test, repeat. Yeah. So, well, I mean, from simple things like websites, all the way up to what we're talking about today, everybody has used something and thought, did they not let anyone try this before they gave it to us? Y- you know, and especially with diabetes, you think like, did, did no one with type one wear this, you know, and there've been stuff like that in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a perfect idea, you know, to, to let people look. I also imagine too, that there has to be a desire from the top because you could be at a company that just is like, look, the other app works, who cares? We're not spending money on it. And, you know, so there has to be a desire to want to do that. So you guys have that from the top down, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, there's I mean, there's a spirit of continuous improvement, you know, all the way across the company, top top to bottom. Yeah. So that, that, that and that's a huge that's a huge asset to a design team. Sure. Right. Um, to have that have that support of, of chasing chasing new ideas, um, even knowing that, you know, not, hey, not everything's going to pan out. You're going to chase some ideas that that won't pan out, and that's that's okay. You know, that's part of, that's part of the process. So okay, so you, you you say it's down, kind of broken down into parts. So I guess visual is a part, right? What does it look like? How does it function? Um, what information do people need? Like you guys are, did you blend yeah. the Clarity app together with the Dexcom app? Yeah, there there is there are insights from Clarity that show up on a Clarity card within G7. So you get a lot of that high impact information right at your fingertips on that homepage. But um, I could kind of maybe expand on your on your line of thinking there. You know, like within the global product design team, we've got UX, which is like your you know your information architecture and your flow. 
you've got user interface or UI, which they're the visual layer, how that how that user is absorbing and interpreting that information. And, and they are very much integrated with that, that, that UX team in terms of the overall flow. There's the instructional design. There's like the, the content designers. And again, they are also integrated both with the, the digital product and the physical product in terms of like, you know, just making sure that people understand how to use this, how to make it as intuitive, how to communicate um, the functionality. And then we've got industrial design. Industrial design is the hardware design, the physical object, the applicator, um, the, the actual uh, sensor transmitter that is on the body. Mm-hmm. What should that look like, feel like? How does it feel? You know, what does it look like? All those teams are constantly trading notes, as I kind of uh, chatted about earlier in the podcast, about with all those other kind of different groups that are helping us uh, make decisions together on, you know, what's going to be best for the user. Right. Hey, you have type one. So are you wearing the G7? Have you been wearing it for a while? No, uh, you know, um, because it's not out in the United States, I just wear G6. Okay. Um, you know, and and I have worn the the non-functioning prototypes just so I could understand, you know, the how it feels uh, on the arm or, um, and yeah, so, you know, I, I wear the non-functional prototypes, um, but I, I like many of your listeners am eagerly awaiting uh, G7 to arrive here in the United States. How do you, ma- you, would you mind telling me, how do you manage? Do you use uh, injections or a pump? Or- oh yeah. Yeah. Happy to, happy to share. Um, so I've got Dexcom G6 coupled with the tandem, tandem pump and control IQ mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I love it. it. It's offered offered me a level of freedom. Um, you know, I'd give you a, an example, Scott, you know, before control IQ, I, I couldn't fast, you know, like intermittent fasting just mm-hmm. for, for health and wellness. That was kind of unobtainium. Um, and now that I've got the smart algorithm on board, um, it's really changed the way that, um, that I treat and um, even stuff like sleeping through the night. You know, yeah. uh, you know, having having that level of comfort is is pretty incredible. I tried to explain to my daughter recently. She was on the podcast. She doesn't come on very much. And I said, you know, on days when like after you've had a long week at school and you sleep in on Saturday, that's because you, you know, Arden is using a loop. And I was like, well, that's because you have an algorithm. It's taking basil away. And then when you start to rise up, it gives some back and blah, blah, blah. And she's almost um I mean, even though she's lived through a couple of versions of diabetes management, she was very young when she used MDI. She doesn't remember it particularly, um, yeah. you know, and even like first generation Omnipod and stuff like that. So she's like, yeah, yeah. You can see how just normal it is to her that that sleeping yeah. in is not a big deal. But for so many people, it's 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 unobtainable. Like you said, like, how, how do I how am I supposed to sleep in? My blood sugar starts to dip right away if I stay sleeping too long. Or, yeah. you know, how do I go right. to a blood test tomorrow morning when the guy tells me I can't? I can't eat after midnight and it, it's, exactly. it's a big deal. Exactly. So, so, yeah. so, so then if you're using control IQ, then this covers one of the questions I know people are going to want to ask is that how soon after G7 becomes available, will it integrate with Omnipod five and control IQ? And I mean, what are the goals for that on your end? I know you guys aren't the pump companies, but yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't get into specific dates, but I can say that like, everyone sees the the tremendous value um there to our to our users and you know both on the dexcom side and and with the partner teams everyone's just working 
over time to get that um, you know once once G seven is approved and and all the all, all the regulatory um, needs are are met then you know get that get that to market as soon as possible. And then is the step there? Then it's up to the pump companies that part at that point to submit to the to the FDA. Is that how that works? Uh, you know, I I probably not the best person to um, talk to in terms of like all the uh, regulatory steps and and sequences. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think you're I think you're along the along well, the right right. right. Well, I think it's just comforting for people to know that it's. I don't know why anybody wouldn't understand that it's being worked on behind the scenes, but it always freaks people out. We're like, well, when's this going to start? I was like, I believe yeah. I'm assuming they've been working on it for a while. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, okay, so what's your? I mean, you're the senior director of global product design. That's a seems like a big title. What does that mean? What do you do day to day? You know, every day it's about um, seeking design opportunities and helping the t- helping the team, the design, the collective design team. You know, really uh, chase chase these big ideas. How can how can we bring them to market? What should they look like? What should they feel like? What is the experience that we're delivering? Um, and we employ so many incredible designers. Um, so it actually makes my job uh, much, much easier because there's tremendous amount of creativity um, and uh, empathy f- uh, for the for the diabetes experience across the team. Right. Um, I will say, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, like, hey, you know, have you have you used products that, you know, you felt like maybe. Uh, people who are living with it may may or not have have tried it. Um, over half our design managers either have type one themselves or are a caregiver um, for somebody with um, diabetes. That's me. And uh, so I, I think there's a tremendous amount of expertise there. And also, you know, just to make it super clear, you know, even those folks that um, who, who who are not living with diabetes everybody you, you've never seen a company that is more mission driven and more focused on educating themselves to the experience and what we're trying to deliver it's pretty incredible and um yeah so really it's about you know how can we make an impact for people what should that impact look like and um how do we how do we get it to market so let's break it down a little bit then so we everybody who knows what a g6 looks like understands that the transmitter pops into the sensor bed and you know you take it off every 10 days and the transmitter keeps getting recycled for you know the life of it which i guess is 90 days if i'm remembering right and and then you bring in a new transmitter but g7 is going to be nothing like that like everything's going to be one use disposable is that right that's right yeah so the sensor and the transmitter is combined yeah so it kind of takes away that extra extra step a little, little bit easier a little bit smoother to use. Mm-hmm. What about the application process? In I, it's just like a it looks like a little plastic cup to me, and you hold it to your skin and just press it down. Is yeah, that that's right. That's right. You you press it down, um, and once you get enough enough compression with the skin, um, you you hit the the uh, the button there, the release button, mm-hmm. and then very much like uh, G six. Once you hit that button. You know, there's just that brief second where that sensor is is put in subcutaneously, and yeah, it's and quite. It. Uh, you know, for for me personally, um, on on some of those some of those trials, you know, it's very very comfortable. Good. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's m- obviously much flatter. It appears to be 
you know, it, in diameter, maybe like, is it even as big as a quarter? I don't think it is, right? Uh, I, it, I believe it's a little bit smaller than a quarter. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the look at the specs exactly, but it's it's very close. So wearing it more comfortable, you said. Yeah, you know, one of the things we we talk a lot about in terms of the the wearable is the Z height, and the Z height means it's the distance from the surface of the skin to the top of the wearable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with G6 compared to G7, there's a big, there's a big difference there, a big reduction of Z height. So, you know, the daily activities like, um, you know, putting on a shirt, you know, toweling off, um, seat belts, these types of interactions of, of things that could make contact with your wearable. You know, we, we think that uh, people are really going to notice notice interference they're going to notice that that wearable less okay so what about on the on the app side because i mean obviously we've got the device down to almost like it's almost taking up no space in the world so like you know that's i don't know how much smarter smaller you can get it one day but that would be amazing um but now the app's really where you live right like once it's on you don't think about the device anymore it's all about the app so what has what what are we going to see like in your opinion what are people going to like be struck by what kind of changes do you think will they at first see and then what will they experience over time that they really uh, end up enjoying yeah yeah um you know i think uh you know as as we kind of hit on before i think one they'll notice the fact that it's combined mm-hmm. um they, they will notice that immediately i think that they will notice the the height you know, as they put it on their body, they're like, wow, this is this is really quite a quite a bit lower. Um, I think that they will also notice, you know, this new app design, kind of the more modern interface, card-based architecture, a navigational tray on the bottom that allows uh you to move into different uh sections of the app. 30-minute warm-up time is gonna be transformative for a lot of people, right? right? That distance between getting um, the glucose values between one session and the next, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to go from two hours to 30 minutes is, is a big jump. Um, having the flexibility of, of grace period, you know, like, ah, you know, your, your child is maybe going to school or you're about to go to work and, you know, you don't, you, you don't wanna change your, uh, your wearable, your sensor yet. So, you know, having that 12 hour grace period is, is, is really key. Um, for those people who prefer to use a receiver, the G7 receiver is, uh, you know, a, a, a huge change. It's much smaller, much lighter. The battery life, um, is far extended, you know, high, high contrast screen on that. And it's also less expensive. Um, so I think a lot of people will be uh, incredibly surprised, pleasantly surprised at, mm. at kind of the upgrade on that on that receiver. Um, Can I go back to two things? I just want to make yeah, sure because yeah. I, I believe I understand you, but I want to make sure people listening are. So in the app right now, when you open up the Dexcom app, if you're the user, it's just mm-hmm. it's a screen. It, there's there's not much more there. You can turn it sideways, go to landscape. You can choose three, six, 12, 24 hour views. And yeah, there's like some settings, but that's pretty much it. It's sort of, and that's what you mean when you say card, that's sort of a one card app. Is that right? The way it is. Yeah. It's it's more like, yeah, it's more like a, just one homepage. 
Right. That's right. But yeah. but now at the bottom, are we going to see icons or are we going to see like swiping left or right? At, at the bottom, you'll have um, the glucose, what we would call tab, the glucose tab, mm-hmm. um, which is basically your your home screen. And then you'll have your familiar mag glass. You'll have your trend graph. And then as you swipe down, you'll also have uh, the clarity card. So it's a functionality that that's offered that gives the user more information. So, you know, it's like, hey, your real-time information still going to be upfront first and foremost. And then if you want to learn a little bit more about how you've been doing in the last three, seven, 14 plus days, you can go down to that clarity card and, and have that experience. Now, you know, the, these other tabs, you know, history, connections, there's going to be more on that in the future that we're going to build on that. Um, you know, the G7 app is made for connections, is made for integrations. And everybody knows our uh, share follow, you know, companion functionality. That's a connection, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're going to continue to build on that. So excited for what the future will will hold there. Well, is there an updated follow app? Uh, it is in development, but not, uh, time timeline, not, not released yet. Okay. All right. So it won't happen at the same time. So G7 users will see the new software. G7 followers will still just keep using what they're using. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the grace period again. So it's a 12 hour grace period, but let me put you into a real life scenario. The, um, I get a a warning that says in six hours, my CGM is going to expire. And I forget in six hours later, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I really wish I could change it in the morning instead of in the middle of the night. Does that work that way? I can push 12 hours from the drop dead time. That's right. Wow. That's right. Well, that almost, that basically covers the day. Right. Yeah. Right. It should give you the opportunity to put the change where you want it to be. That's right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and people want that flexibility, like you said. Um, it's huge. Yeah. You, know, you don't. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, there's, it's, if you don't live through it, you don't know. But the idea of like, oh, I have to do it now, whether it's Dexcom or it's your pump or it's anything, you're like, not now. And I know, you know, it's funny, Alex. I believe that, did you ever hear people say things happen at the worst times? When's, yeah. when's a good time for your insulin pump to stop working? You know what I mean? There's, right. never, there's never really a good time, but at least if you can right. get into the thought process of I control when this happens. And I think that's going to be a big deal for people. I really do. Right. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we agree. I mean, we, we, we pursued that change because we really heard it from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So are you working on, are you, the team working now on things that you think will be integrated along the way, or are we going to have to wait for like, like revisions oh. or how, how oh, yeah. do you think that's going like to in, incremental incremental change to yeah. the G, G7 experience? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're absolutely working on, um, you know, changes and upgrades to the, to the G7 experience. And we'll be delivering that over time um, as opposed to, you know, big, big changes only being reserved platform to platform. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to wait for whatever comes after G7. Not that I'm trying to put it in your head that you need to come out with, sure. one, but yeah, you, you don't have to wait for the next thing. You guys are going to kind of become like, maybe you could kind of do it the way Tesla does it when they're like, look, here's this one little add on. We'll give it to you in a software update. And here it is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that's, I think that keeps things from getting stale 
which which, right. is, which is important. Plus, it keeps you from getting into a situation where you recognize, wow, we should have done this or we should have pushed harder for this, you know, back when we did it. And instead of having to wait years, which brings me to the question, are there things that were cut from the app that you right now think, oh, I wish we would have done that? Or is there stuff that you saw? Like, how does that happen in the room when someone's like, no, we need to do this? Oh. And somebody else is like, no, it's got to be this. Like, how you do know, you- I think I think anybody in product development always has a wish list. And we have a long wish list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you're never able to get everything everything you want into into one release. So, yeah, we we definitely have um, aspirations and and future plans for for delivering, you know, kind of more new new and different uh, experiences, expanded capabilities. Um, yeah, so there's always things that um, that you got to you know pencils down. Uh, time to time to ship. We gotta turn time this thing ship. in. Yeah, yeah. I just I would love to know what popped into your head when I asked because I'm assuming there was like, oh yeah, that I would have liked to see. That. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you that I uh, the years that have gone by since someone reached out to me from Dexcom and said, "Would you talk to a person once they ask you a bunch of questions about what you think about the app?" It's so long ago, and the company is so different now than it was back then. I mean, can you give me a feeling for, I mean, I don't need exact numbers, but the size of the group of people that work on this compared to that group five years ago, is it just like before you got there? Like, have you seen that transformation in four years of things growing and becoming? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, obviously as, as a, as a company grows and matures and it's, you know, aspirations, um, expand with it, it, it needs a, it needs a larger team. I, I mean, I can speak, um, for the design team. I mean, and, and there's, I think this also, uh, kind of speaks to, you know, how Dexcom sees and values, you know, product design, the product design team has, has, you know, doubled, um, in the last four years and we want to do more. We want to deliver more to our customers um, globally. Mm-hmm. And, and that requires, you know, a lot of planning, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of thought, a lot of careful thought and, and work to make that happen. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely been an expansion. I think we also am feeling like, ah, you know, there's, there's so much we can do. There's so much that we can deliver to people and um, the team needs to scale to, to be able to accomplish to that. Accomplish that. Let me ask you a couple other questions. How about a uh, rate of change? I mean, it's it's public now, right? You can tell me. Uh, let's see. Del- so Delta, like, do I see in the last since the last reading, I've gone up five points or down three points or something like that? Rate rate of change is not in there. Okay. Well, if you're going to ask me later what I want, we'll start with that. <laughs> that's that's top of your top of your list. I have to say. I think so. I think I think that's one of the bigger ones. I, I think other people might say watch integration, right? Which I don't see as a, I mean, I don't know. But it, to me, that feels more like a limitation of Bluetooth and the hardware than it does other things. But um, I think that I would hear from people watch integration for sure. I think Delta rate of change is a big deal. Um, I, I think it's um, it tells you a lot about what's happening in the moment. It, it gives you that feeling of like, oh, okay, it's moving, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why it, it's different. Like you see the arrow, it's because you don't have to remember, right? Like you're diagonal down 96, the next time you look, you're 88. 
You don't have to yeah. go six. Seven, all right, I've moved eight points. You, you know right. what I mean? Like it just you just see that there, and it just I don't know. It takes away a level of um, I don't know. It, it takes away a level of having to think about it, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there's a grand the granularity of like you know how what is what is my ascent or descent and what am I doing right now that may have an impact on that or, um, you know, or that rate could have an impact on what I'm doing, vice versa. Yeah. In that example, like the way I would hit me is, okay, the thing I did is working and it's working the way I expected it to, or it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, geez, I thought it was going to move farther by now or that, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I find that completely valuable. Um, yeah. What else? All right, wait, you, you said you have questions for me. I didn't realize this was going to happen, Alex, but we can turn it around. Go ahead. What do you, what do you got? Yeah. I mean, th- those are, those are my two big ones, yeah. you know, from, from, um, Arden's perspective, what is, what does she want? Um, and then you as, as a, as a, you know, a parent, um, what do you want? I mean, rate of change got that. Um, I think Arden would say that she wants one app to rule them all. I think that's what she would say. I think that if, um, I mean, if full, like in absolutely being completely like open, Arden used Omnipod five for a number of months. And at mm-hmm. the end, she said to me, I want to go back to loop because I, I only have to look at one app on loop and I, right. and I don't have to carry another device, which I know some people don't want to work from their phone and that's fine. But for her, she sure. wants it to be on her phone and she doesn't want a ton of different apps. So yeah. as the integration comes together, I think that's something everybody's wondering, which is how do you, with your pump partners, come up and can you? Like, I don't even understand. And maybe you don't know either. But from a regulatory standpoint, like, I'm not even sure if you're able to. But I, I don't want to have an Omnipod 5 app and a Dexcom app. I want everything to work in one place. Um, I would bet a lot of people would say that uh, for certain. And then I don't know, does it become cluttered? Like what kind of a design problem does that become then? You know? Yeah. So, and, and that, you know, I think we responded to that, um, in our, in our own kind of way, our own ecosystem is like where people are like, ah, you know, I want more access to my clarity information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then I think on screen, is huge. I don't know if this is a you thing or an Apple thing or, or Android or whatever, but like I have a widget, you know, that shows where the hell's my camera. That's amazing. I don't know where my own camera is. So yeah. I, have that, I have that widget um, there, which is amazing and works terrific. But I would love it if it was on my lock screen, if I could see stuff on the lock screen. Um, and I know a lot of people, uh, parents of younger people would like to see um, treatments and boluses on the follow up. Yeah, I know that's a big that's a big thing too. Like anything that stops you from having to bug your kid, I think is a big deal. It gives you a little insight. Like, okay, I asked him to bolus, and he did. I see it here. Good, I'm done. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a big a big deal for people. Now, having said all that, um, and I know we're running out of time, but having said all that, what I love most about the software is that it fades away from me eventually. And so as much as I want it to be amazing and I want it to look great and I want it to do all this stuff, I don't care as much. I, I, I don't think I'd care what it looked like. It could be an eight pixel if it if I didn't have to yeah. look at it. You, you know what I mean? If I didn't have to see it that much. And I think that uh, after somebody uses Dexcom for a long enough time like we have, the truth is, is that, you know, I need rate of change and I need the number and I need an arrow and 
pretty much the rest of it's is extra in my opinion. Yeah. But I don't know. What do yeah. you think? You use it. Do you agree or do you, do you not? I mean, I think uh, having additional contextual information is always great. And, you know, certainly, you know, trying to get to, I'll, g- I'll give you one example. Um, you know, I, I also love Fitbit and I use Aura and Aura Ring for my sleep. Mm-hmm. I love all those different data sources. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a data, a data nerd, mm-hmm. right? So I like to have that, but you know, it would be, you know, that's definitely something that is of, of interest of like, uh, oh yeah, how can, how can you get that um, information all in one place? And I think that's, uh, you see that with Apple Health and and Google Health, right? Where people are trying to get kind of a, a consolidated view. So I think that's a, you know, super, super interesting space. Um, well, and always just trying to make sure that, you know, things are as simple and as robust as they possibly can be. And, and as you want them, I listen, every time I talk to somebody, I float the same idea. It never happens. So I might be talking to myself, but uh, as an example, if you use Adobe um, elements, there's tabs at the top. It's like basic, you know, medium pro. And when you click on those tabs, the, the software becomes visually something else. You get more or less depending on what you're asking for. And I do wonder if there's not, not a space for a basic view um, you know what I mean? A more d- deep dive view. And then the, the data that some people want that other people would find confusing. And then you just get to decide. I mean, I'd have never designed an app before. I don't know, but to me, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. If one app could, a, could apply to a lot of different people's needs. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Plus it'll sure. keep you busy for years, Alex. That's right. That's right. <laughs> give, you, give you something to do. I know we just have a couple minutes. I'm gonna ask you one question then I'm going to let yeah. you go. Right. Yeah. Um, what's it like working in the health space where it's not just about how it looks or how it functions, but it's about the FDA saying it's okay, or it's about, it definitely has to work. Like you can't, you can't say to the FDA, this thing's going to beep at a certain number. It's going to show me something that it can't happen. Right. Like it's, is that an extra pressure? Like how much of that do you think about? Like after you're done designing it, somebody else has to say, okay, to it beyond just the design perspective. Uh, I don't, I don't think of that as an extra pressure, um, at all, because it's, you know, obviously we want, um, to develop, you know, products that are incredibly safe and effective and meet the needs of people. I think those, uh, you know, those other organizations are just helping us in that, in that mission. It's always good to have an outside perspective, um, and look at those things. So from a design perspective, I don't, I don't see that as, you know, an extra pressure, really the pressure inherently is doing the best job you can for the needs of people in managing their disease. Right. Um, and that's, Hey, we'll take that challenge all day long. Um, because it's, it's incredibly gratifying, um, both to hear from patients and from caregivers, um, doctors about that kind of the impact. And so, yeah, sure. Is there, is medical device development slow and, and methodical? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we, we love that challenge. Um, obviously there's, there's some days that you wish, ah, I wish, you know, this process could go faster, but there's a reason why it has a certain pace and, and, um, 
it's all about making sure we do the, the, the best we can for, for people living with this chronic condition. Well, thank you. I appreciate you doing this very much. Hopefully I can have you back on after the device comes out and we can pick through it a little more, but I, you know, it was great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Scott. Hey, it was great to meet you this morning. You know, I've definitely listened to the, the juice box podcast uh, a number of times and thanks for, you know, thanks for everything you do for the community on kind of keeping everybody um, up to speed on, on what's what's coming down the pike and, and how best to manage. It's my pleasure. It's nice of you to say. First, I'd like to thank Alex for coming on the show and thank the people who helped me set it up. You know who you are. I know you're listening. Thank you. What else? What else I got for you? Oh, uh, yeah, if you want to check out the Dexcom, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today with the Dexcom G6. You may even be eligible. What do I say in the ads? You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. Find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Of course, the other advertisers that I mentioned in the beginning, Omnipod, Contour Next One, Givo Glucagon, Impen from Medtronic Diabetes, US Med, and Touch by Type 1. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast on Facebook. It's a private group with over 30,000 members. Juicebox Podcast, type 1 diabetes. Are you looking for the Diabetes Pro Tips series or some of the other series within the podcast? Look no farther than juiceboxpodcast.com or diabetesprotip.com or the featured section in the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. There are lists everywhere. You will be able to find what you're looking for. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.